listening how's y'all doing how's y'all day going welcome to another one of my podcasts thank you guys so so much for tuning in you guys are the real mvps if you're new yet welcome it's me ay and i'm passionate about talking and being your friend guys on today's episode yeah i'm going to be talking to biodon ajewale biodon is a software engineer at demos an engineering first company that assists businesses to make smart technology decisions and develop future-proof, scalable platforms. So, Biodon, please introduce yourself. Let's know you better, okay? Hi, guys. Um, I'm Biodon Chris. Reminder, I use my first name and my middle name. <laughs> I am a software engineer. I work full-time remote with Demos Cloud. It's a software engineering, more of DevOps, actually the cloud based in south africa so yeah i'm an engineer i'm a dev i write code anything else you want to know all right biodon thank you so biodon how did you get started with software engineering was it something you were naturally inclined to walk us through your growth journey how you started the challenges you faced and how you view yourself right now as a software engineer. I mean, do you have like an hour for me or <laughs> a day? Because it's quite a journey. Being a dev was not what I thought of when I was in primary school or secondary school or something. I would just say it just happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was not planned. I didn't even know about software engineering in secondary school. Right from time, I've had this flair for uh, computers for gadgets and devices right from when i was really young and lucky for me my brother bought me a desktop for 15k i still remember the price in i think 2008 or something when i was in secondary school that really helped me play games pinball microsoft world played with Corel draw then i started designing that was how i like got into computers in general yeah oh, so uh, you started out with um with design yes Okay, so why did you switch to coding slash software engineering? Okay, so coding started in 100 level-ish. No, it fully started in 200 level, but 100 level was when I made contact with coding. Um, I had a friend when I entered UI, David Obiuchina is like my, um, I think he's always motivant. It's like the guy that brought me into coding. <laughs> Meeting him basically changed my life. He was in a uh, programming school. Big shout outs to Obi Uchenna, David. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Definitely is the main guy. So he did some programming lessons before he entered UI. So it was quite good. Real good, actually. And I was there designing. And for a while, he was staying with me. And I'm like, dude, what do you do when you press your laptop? It's certainly not what I do. And all I do is design and stuff. Basically, just to make money. And this guy would do projects for finance students in our department, computer science. And they would pay him 10K, 12K. And I was making 500 for design. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I, I want in on this, man. What, what's this thing you do? <laughs> <laughs> Is what, what year was this in? So uh, this should be 2015. I, I didn't start in 2015. <laughs> but, um, okay. I, I was still like skeptical and because I was a broke boy, real poor. So I just need something to sustain myself in school. So design was real quick. I designed, give me 500, 1K. I buy food, stock up, put food in market. So that was the idea then. And I didn't have a laptop, I should add. I was borrowing a laptop from my roommates. After a while, I got hungry. Okay, I want more than just 500 Naira or 1.5 for designer. I want to be like David. I want to know what he knows. Then I told him and it was like, he could help me. Just tell me what I need to learn. And in some level, I was ready. I told him, okay, fine, what do I need? He said I need a laptop. And then was so nice. He talked to his girlfriend then. She would loan me a laptop. For a couple of days and I started learning coding and lucky me I made some contact too with someone high authority in UI the um, management building so I got access to using the internet there and there's a desktop computer there so I'll go over there work overnight and all 
subscribe, I it was hectic because I was clueless. I was just learning anything David was learning. <laughs> and they were like trying to learn things. He tried PHP, I did PHP, he did Python, I did Python, he did Java, I did Bootstrap. So anything David was learning, I'll just speak with. So I had the director. <laughs> I did Django too, I did Java FX. <laughs> Wow, that's a lot of programming languages. The programming baby boy. <laughs> you should know that's JavaScript. <laughs> yeah, basically, all things JavaScript. All right. So, moving on, as a software engineer, yeah, what would you say your work entails? Like, what exactly do you do as a software engineer? Me personally. And what exactly yeah. don't you do? So, when I got my job, with my current company, I applied. Okay, I didn't apply. I was recommended. There was no serious interview process because we kind of worked together in the past. So I got in as a software engineer. That's like the title. <laughs> but during the call with the CEO, I told him I'm more, I'm a backend engineer. I don't like frontend because CSS. So I got to as a backend engineer, but my job description reads uh, software engineer. So the first couple of weeks, I or a few months, I worked on the backend project. But the first major project I worked on uh, was a data science project that I literally had zero experience. So I have worked with a couple of stuff. Uh, yeah. So I did that like several months, wow. like three months. And the project also requires knowledge of DevOps. So I had to learn on my way. I worked with Google Cloud Platform. It was just a deep dive, like just entered and I started learning Python. I knew a bit of Python before, so just built on my knowledge. I used um, Pandas library and other stuff that basically knew. So after that, I did backend again for a couple months. After that backend that I did, I've been on front end ever since. Yeah. I basically do all this to get the job done. <laughs> I said you've been on yes, front I... end ever since, but you don't like front end. So how's that? I, I How don't do like, like front end. I still don't. <laughs> but um, so when um I first got the call, because my boss is very empathetic, and when I was free, I was done with the data science project and the backend projects. I need the nuclear to jump on. And the project manager of the front-end project needs a resource, and that was great. And he asked me if I would. I was like, eh, I don't really like front-end, but sure, why not? So the first couple of days was hectic, getting setting up the project and designing mock-up and stuff. So my update was scanty with daily stand-up. It's very scanty and repetitive. So this third day, my boss reached out to me in the morning. Like my CEO was like, I still remember, was like, hey, you I know you are new to front end and you don't really like front end, but let me know if you're happy with it and if you want us to take you somewhere else. Well, I, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, if you want to do this, um, we provide the support you need. No rush, take your time, read up, do research, don't put pressure on yourself, but just take it slow and give us feedback. And that was it. This message just kind of like just warmed my heart and like gave me the energy. Like, oh god, I'm going to learn it because <laughs> uh, there was no pressure. The team understands that okay, it's not a front end there, but it's willing to learn. And so it was just very easy for me to get in. And I loved the experience. I was had high energy when I started. I even got a front end course. So yeah, that's why I've been doing it till now, and I've been loving it. In all honesty, it has been tough and not so interesting. It's tough because I I don't like it when I'm not uh, <clears throat> highly productive, when I'm not uh, getting things on real quick because I, I hate back and forth. I hate telling my manager that, okay, I'm on this project, I'm on this task today, and tomorrow I repeat the same thing. So in the early times when I just started front end, that happened a lot. But now it has actually improved and I'm proud of my progress so far. So I mean, teammates are highly supportive. So I have a senior engineer I can go to when I need help, when I'm stuck, and they're always happy to help. 
So that made wow. it really easy for me. But right now, um, I've enjoyed the cruise of front end, and <laughs> I want to try something else. I have to go back to the back end. <laughs> okay, so we've been throwing terms around like software engineering, front end development, back end development. Can I clarify what those terms are really about? Yeah, sure. The web app, the web application is divided into two parts, the front end and the back end. That's the technology we use. It's also called the um, client side. And the server side also has the, the code and the DevOps aspects. You said there's front end engineering, there's back end engineering, and you also referred to it as client side okay. and server so the side. Front so end is the client side. When you open up your browser and you enter um, Facebook.com, you see the blue banner, you see Facebook, you see your login and everything. You see a lot of things, you see buttons from field, things you can interact with. So they are like facing you, <laughs> literally. Uh, so it's like client facing. You're like the client to Facebook. <laughs> yeah, so um, that, that's the front end side. Those are things you can see, logos, the form field, the text. Those are components that make up the front end and okay. the back end side of things is uh, where the form processing happens. Like, say you want to log in, you don't get to see that. That part is abstracted. So, when you like enter your your login and password and you submit, you're sending those details somewhere. I know if you ever thought about it, the for a password you enter is not just vanishing the thing here, they go somewhere, they get validated somehow. So, the part where they are validated where they check whether you are an actual user of Facebook. It's called the server side. That's the back end. That's oh. what I love. <laughs> oh, that's what you love. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, if you could have one superpower, what would it be and why? I think the ability to do, to get anything I want without doing anything. And that's that's me. <laughs> I mean, I want to super lazy, okay. like do nothing. Oh, all right. So so far, as a software engineer at Demos, what has been your most challenging project? Um, I think slightly competitive actually. The the major one should be the data science where I worked on, because you got a point that I was like the um. I was new to demos then. I was like three months in or two. And it got to the point that I was almost like leading the project. Like I was like the point of contact, the PM was new was going on the project. He asked me, I I was new to GCP and I have to deploy the project. Basically new techniques I've used before, how to use Kubernetes and all this stuff. It's crazy. Like the stack of the project, really crazy. I, 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 I was completely new. So getting all those set up, and then you are new to your company, you want to impress them, don't be fired. <laughs> so yeah, I, it, was, <laughs> it was quite challenging. Oh, okay. So how long did it take you to complete this project? Uh, I can't give the full estimate because it was broken into sprints. So that's like a couple months. Then after the iteration, we build the next sprint and stuff. Okay, basically, what Sprint is is sub project of a major project. Yeah, I hope I'm not wrong. Um, yeah, so for example, an MVP, so you want to build an MVP for your super duper startup idea, you can divide that MVP into like four sprints. So, the first sprint, you're just going to work on getting the UI out, the mock up, and getting all the um, components ready. And in second sprint, you can say, okay, yeah, let's let's get our hands dirty. Let's write some code. Say uh, this week, it's next sprint. We're just going to focus on the front end parts. Or we're just going to focus on login, battles page, or landing page. And then last sprint, we're going to just get the back end and everything ready. And then the fourth week, you test. That's the fourth sprint, you test and you launch the MVP. And it's out there in the market. All right. So what were like the major steps you took to complete the project? How were you able to manage your time in such a way that you learned 
as much new technologies as you needed to actually complete the project what were like your action plans towards completing that particular project okay there goes i don't make plans maybe that's bad <laughs> so i just get my hands dirty so i didn't have to say okay for the first week i'm going to read up on this or this i just um basically analyze the project initially get to know what i need to know and very easy next thing I need to know how to use pandas. I open pandas in new tab. I open the tags I'm supposed to be in new tab. Then watch a couple videos on pandas, go back to my app, write some code, test it, doesn't work. Go back to Google, Stack Overflow, iterate, and spend several minutes again or hours on YouTube, watching videos on pandas documentation. Basically that and just repeat. And repeat, okay. <laughs> So yeah, this role, this software engineering role can be very challenging. And on some days, have you ever felt like just giving up and just, you know, saying, okay, let's try something else? Honestly, every day. <laughs> every day. Go worse last year. Yeah, it is every day. I, I feel like going to start a farm. <laughs> So it, it, it's uh, quite challenging and it, it gets worse when you don't have people supporting you. So one thing that really helps me, that keeps me going is my teammates. They constantly check in, they like, encourage you, they actually let you know that um, you're, doing, you're doing well, you're doing, you need to do this, you're doing, this is what you need to do to improve and stuff. So they point me on and help me. And then I have this catch up with my manager, I'll be direct manager. I check us on me every like, I think every two weeks, at least monthly, and get to know what I'm doing, get to know what are my pain points. That has been really helpful. So I give her feedback, and recent feedback, I get feedback from her too, like this is what we need to focus on now. So it has been really helpful. All right. So basically, your biggest motivation has been your teammates, your direct supervisor. So money has Madam, I love money. Okay. <laughs> Yes, I do understand that people are a great source of motivation, but aside that, what else has been your source of motivation? Uh, so I'm not doing programming for passion. Okay, it's a means to an end. And the means is the money it's giving me. I'm making money from coding. <laughs> Thank you for being very honest. <laughs> yes, so if you were not working this role, if you were not programming, if you were not coding, if you were not, you know, pressing your laptop, what other profession do you think you would be working? I'll probably be a rapper. <laughs> I mean, you it's rapper. my hairstyle. <laughs> People keep telling me I'm an artist or something. Do I sing? Do I rap? Okay, so <laughs> on, on the most serious notes, I have interest in art photography and stuff but i have interest in art and i used to draw way back in secondary school i started again last year and i think mean, they were quite they came out nice for some i've not drawn in years so maybe i'll just go back to art <laughs> yeah that's one thing i enjoy aside coding and being lazy doing nothing <laughs> okay you mentioned something about your hair yes you mentioned something about being a rapper because yeah, of your yeah. hair does your hair make people have misconceptions about who you really 100% of the time, yes. 100%. <laughs> so I, I, I've had a bike man ask me if I'm a traditional worshipper. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, currently now, I'm wearing locks. So it's artificial locks, dreadlocks. Two colors, black and blonde-ish. And had calories attached to it. So please, what's the motivation behind this hairstyle? I do believe that people should be able to express themselves in whatever way they want to, through their mode of dressing, air, whatever it is. So what is the motivation behind your hairstyle? What prompted you to go for that particular hairstyle? So um, last year, around last year, I was in a bad place some point last year, and... I meant to pull myself out. Then I just want to make myself happy. I find myself like I'm not happy. Nothing's making me happy, really. And 
I was like, uh, right now I'm just going to spend my money and get me stuff that makes me happy. Or just stuff with my money that makes me happy. And I realized that I, I want to like try things with my head, flex with my hair, do different styles. First thing I did was I locked my hair. It came out bad. The <laughs> the stylist did no sense. I had to shave my hair. <laughs> so like two months, I was on low cut. <laughs> So it was quite lucky that I did that, so I couldn't unlock it. Right. So for two months, uh, you're calling me pastor's child. <laughs> it was ridiculous. <laughs> After that, I I grew my hair back, and then I started. I dyed my hair gold. Then after that, I traveled to Cape Town. I did another style in Cape Town. Real dope and crazy was on Twitter. I went like to go like several likes and then after that i came back i braided my hair in this bar and i only the braids i dyed my hair again now i'm wearing locks next one watch out so those little things make me happy basically pursuing appearance all right yeah in this life whatever you do pursue your happiness what part of software engineering would you say that you're not a fan of uh, everything about technology excites me, about engineering excites me. It's just that I feel stupid that I don't know the things that are really crazy. Like, I want to do machine learning, but I don't think I'm smart <laughs> and stuff. So I'm like, ah, that's not for me. I'm supporting really serious guys. And this uh, game development, so those things fascinate me, but I don't go near them because I feel it's crazy. But I think it's just me. Um, not to be probably picking up a challenge or something. But right now, I, I, I took up something recently. I bought a course on Coursera and I'm learning something else aside the spark end. So I can challenge myself that I'm not I'm not I'm not oh, stupid. Okay, I'm, I'm smart. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean you're smart, but you to be able to write a line of code. Everybody's smart, please. You just need to unlock the Bill Gates in us, the Steve Jobs in us, we're all smart. That's true. <laughs> so I'm a fan of tech and everything. So what was your first job when you started programming? What was your first project, your first paid project that you worked on? Mm, let me think hard. It should be a makeup website. It's not makeup. It's, I can still remember the design of the website. It's purple and really fancy. Okay, yeah, it's a towel shop. They sell towels. So I built it for a army dude, for his wife. Yeah, so it's just be a static page. Uh, just loads data from somewhere and displays images of towels for sale and contacts number where to buy the towels. And yeah, that was my first. Oh, no, that was my first gig. No, I remember my first gig. <laughs> yeah, my first gig was with David. <laughs> In 20 level was a mobile app. Yeah, I did Android too. I've done things so. <laughs> I, I did Android. So it was an Android app for a final year student in technology. So basically, crime reporting app. So they would build the back end with Django. I did the front end. And we got 12K for that project. <laughs> 12K was a lot of Maybe it was uh, 2017 or 2016. Probably late 2016 or 17, uh, early 17, for an Android app with KPI and everything. Guy, I didn't get to do everything. I mean, thinking about it now, if one tells you, build that same thing for me and I'll pay Big you to collect it. <laughs> Anyways, if you could look at that first project code base, would you Guy, laugh at cry. yourself? <laughs> I, I don't think I was looking at it. <laughs> Why? Why don't you think you can look at it? It's your first oh, one. Yeah. Part of it. So, um, looking at your growth journey, what category would you place yourself as a software engineer? Would you tag yourself a junior engineer, an intermediate engineer, or a senior engineer? I'm intermediate. I'm mid-level in my company. I'm a mid-level engineer. I'm having performance at appraisal soon, so I don't know. I'm just a work in progress. Um, trying to get better every other day. So I'm, I'm not, <laughs> and I'm not really about the title, but I sure want a raise. So yeah. <laughs> Demos, I got to pronounce yeah. it. Demos. Demos. Hey, good. Demos. <laughs> 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 
I'm happy no. with my current salary. So, <laughs> but more money, I mean, it's necessary. It, Boy, gas flex. Give us an insight into what your current. Um, give me a range, and like. I would pick from it. Range A, $1,000 to $15. Range B, $15 to $2,000. And range C, $2,000 to $25. Oh, that's real tight. <laughs> okay, I'm going to pick range... Actually, what I'm supposed to pick. What am I doing this? Range A. All right, God, some people are earning arm robber salaries already. But apostle, apostle. Anyways, what would you like to tell junior engineers are just starting out in the tech industry? What would you like to tell okay, them? Uh, I'm just gonna say get your hands dirty, really, because what basically like you're going to only land your first job when your employer to be sees that you have potential, sees that you build stuff, you've done stuff, you're not just telling me you can do stuff. Because it's going to be really hard landing your first job as someone that has no experience, no past company and stuff. So you need to like put in the work on your own. So I'll just say keep grinding. Make friends with developers. Because if you want to be a lawyer, you want to be hanging out with a tailor, you hang out with a lawyer with lawyers you get so surround yourself with people that are chasing the same thing you're chasing so they help you guys we all get distracted definitely get distracted get carried away but when you want to have a conversation and the person you're talking to is someone that is coding you just get pulled back that oh i'm supposed to be coding because your friend there is like pushing something to gear up so you just get re-energized that oh this i'm supposed to be doing and Ask questions, ask a lot of questions, and don't meet people that be my mentor, be my mentor. Uh, I think the approach is kind of wrong, but just ask questions. You can have a mentor, but don't expect the mentor to be the one reaching out to you. I don't know what a mentor is supposed to do. I just know how to answer questions. So if you walk up to me that be able to be my mentor, I might be confused. I just tell you, like, I can guide you along the way of this technology thingy. Just tell me what you need to learn. Tell me what you want to know. Ask me specific question, uh, not question of what is JavaScript. You can easily get that on the internet. So do your homework first before you come to me. So that way it's going to help you and your mentor to drive you to success. Try build stuff. Even outside the tutorial of let's be able to do up in 10 minutes. Build stuff on your own. Think of something. Talk to your friends. Come up with ideas. Build it. It doesn't have to be for money. Just put it on your CV and get to that job interview place and they ask you, what is Atarodo app? And you tell them what Atarodo app is. Tell them it's your idea. Describe it, tell them, let them know, show them that you built something awesome, not from a tutorial. Don't put to-do app or newsletter app or movie app, Netflix clone on your CV. Nobody wants to see that. Anybody can do that from a YouTube 30-minute tutorial. Yeah, just keep at it and you'd be awesome. I'm still a learner too. So you people, I'm going to be building my own Atarodo app very soon. Watch out. Eh? But not ready. Anyways, um, let's talk about how you landed your first job. What year was it? Uh, and what was the pay like? professional experience is my internship at Conga. It was quite hectic, actually. It was like a full day thingy. Almost it has, like, really intense. So we did algorithm for, like, two hours ago in question. Then after that, they gave us a problem to solve and it varies into group, like group of three, and we're supposed to provide the solution. So you can build an app, you can build a service, just solve the problem, however way you want to. So we built an app, a web app, to solve the problem then with my team. And luckily for me, I was big that I got the job, I was so happy. The pay there was 40k. <laughs> 40,000 naira. 40,000 naira is like... Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. I'm okay. So since then, how many professional uh, not jobs have you gigs, I would say two. I worked with Smoko. That was around December to around April last year. And then I joined my current stream in April last year. So Smoko, I think they are now get that. It's a company based in China. That was where I started making those. I made those. All right. How were you able to get into these positions? 
what steps did you take did you go for meetups regularly did you submit your cvs online like what exactly did you do so the first job after the internship i was referred by my friend david again (laughs) david was working with them so he was working with the firm i told him i did a job so he referred me and they reached out to me i had an interview with them like a 30 minute interview technical questions and stuff and i passed it was just after the interview I got the job I did onboarding the same day. So it was crazy. <laughs> Mad. Like it was wild. What? What? So that is wild. So that oh, that shit. was I uh, got um my first actual job after internship. Then my current job, I was recommended by so we worked together before at Konga and they reached out to me, but Yuta, A Biodum, and I'm here now. <laughs> So, yeah, to answer your question, right. I was in the community a lot. I organized meetups as in just attend. So, I was like, a lot of people quite ahead of me, and I was in contact with a lot of people. So, it gets me out there that, okay, there's a building here, and you know, programming. <laughs> so, um, I know some people that are not a fan of the whole community thing they are more of like clone rangers and i'm pretty sure as you've worked as a software developer as a software engineer so far you would have met a couple of them and a couple of them are quite successful how would you tag their success like what would you say was the propellant for their success um to each his own we are different people i know someone who it's just like that, and the guy is really good at admiring. So we are different, and we also favor differently. So <laughs> that is what I would say. Just when you're good at your stuff, opportunities will find you. That's just it. You would not um, in the literal sense, but you have to put yourself out there. You have to do stuff. So you don't necessarily have to be in the community. You can just be really good and just contribute to open source. And... Yeah, you get your first job from a PR, like someone makes your public repo or someone just going by and just sees your repo. You, you just build an art library for a framework. And then the company uses it and be like, what is this deal? This is a very well-written library. And they call you for interview. So once you're really good at your craft, you would be successful. Basically, that's exactly what it is. So, yeah, you work for companies outside of Nigeria, but what would you say is your take on the Nigerian tech industry? Um, it's ambiguous. Can you be specific? Okay, so I'm saying that how would you describe your experience with the Nigerian tech industry? Um, I've only officially interviewed this one, and <laughs> it didn't go so well. My experience wasn't so good because I don't think they didn't get back to me. And during the interview, after ish, they called me a crowd developer, and I was painful. Read of the delay. Wait, create um, it's dead. So yeah, um, I've not had Anton experience besides the interview. I didn't get feedback from them. I took that as a no, and I moved on with my life and. I continued create rate updates and delete operations, and I'm here. I've had news. I friends that work with them, with Nigerian companies, and I have like some negative feedbacks, not positive feedbacks. Negative, maybe the pay is not okay, and also the culture. Like I tell you, my company is a very dope place to work because not just the reward, the interaction, the feedback you get from your boss. Your boss will give you feedback on your progress, give you one-on-one sessions. It's mm-hmm. quite encouraging to see that you're not just a tool, like you're part of the business, you're part of the, of the family. They carry along on what's going on. They try to understand what's going on. Yeah. When we had the SaaS thingy in Nigeria then, that SaaS was really prominent that they just carry you, kidnap you, and steal your money. My company had to send us ID card on an emergency. Send ID cards down for us. They created a document, two pages document, like on instructions to follow to avoid SARS Wahala. Very helpful document. I'm even following the instructions. Tell you how you should have at most when you your account. 
so that like you don't have too much going around and have a secondary account. Keep number of Segalink on your phone. When you're Ubering somewhere, share your location with our admin, things like that. I remember a case when I wanted to come to the mainland to get something. And I told my admin in Nigeria about it. And she was like, share location with me. And she monitored my trip up from mainland, island to the mainland. Like, they actually care. They, they, they want you to be better. I'm just like a developer as a person. So I can't get that kind of treatment from someone. That means it's going to affect who I'm interacting with other people too. So that's the helpful. And only a few companies in Nigeria have aired this stuff like that. Because I know like if a company in South Africa is concerned about the staffs here having SaaS problem, why shouldn't a company in Nigeria that is actually experiencing it, that they know what's going on? Do something similar. So yeah. There might be a gap, or I or know of a company that does well, and yeah, my friend works with one of them. My friend also, uh, my other friends work with one that is not doing so well too. And yeah, it's just a mix of both. Last, last, we want to Japan or land remote job. <laughs> Big shout out to Jamos. We are rooting for you from. Nigeria from everywhere in the world. Thank you for caring so much about your employees. So, have you had companies in Nigeria reach out to you yeah, to just, want you to I think work just for one. them? Yeah, just one. Okay. So, in the next 10 years, do you think Nigeria tech industry would have adopted the caring about the employees culture and Great ass. <laughs> next thing is what would change. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't think it's the time passed because we say next ten years we'll be caring. Nah, that's that's not the right question or the right approach because what are we doing right now to change that in twenty years, in fifty years? So I, I I think the question should be: Are they doing anything about it? Do they know that they are not doing the right thing? That's thing. Do they even know that? They could be better, that they can do better and stuff. And like I'm saying, I'm not, I'm not saying all the companies are like that. I'm just saying a few that I know, some are like that. And I know ones that are better to that are really good. So for the ones that are not good, I think, I don't even know what to do. I don't, I, that's not my domain. <laughs> so I would not talk too much about it. Last time, everybody will be fine. <laughs> I, I just feel, they could get feedbacks from people. Their employees should basically communicate to them how they feel about the company, how the culture has been, and if they're happy or not. I mean, employees' happiness like, is a very, very crucial factor to the growth of the company. So if they want to grow, then the employee has to be happy. True that. Yeah. So guys, if you're listening in and you're working for a company where the work culture is pretty toxic, Reach out to me. Let's see what we can do exactly. Let's talk about this. Let's share our thoughts. And let's come up with actionable plans that we can actually work on to project to your company how exactly you feel about the work culture. Don't worry. I'll be your mouthpiece. They don't even have to know who it is. Just send me their email address and I will forward a long-ass mail to them about how they can do better. Okay? Yes, so Biodun, there are a lot of people looking to break into the tech industry with no prior experience or background in tech. What advice would you give to um getting those into tech is crazy? It's everything you need to learn is on the internet. Like every single thing. So just get you a body, get you someone that is really vibrant. Like you know personally, because that would really help. Because if you're missing the total stranger, you have to build a relationship first with the person. Because just meeting person just on work level, say you just want to learn, it would be quite difficult because you need to have a relationship with the person. So just get your body, someone in tech and vibrant, and let them point you the right directions. Like, okay, what is your interest? My interest is game. So don't spend your time learning Python, learning HTML or something. You point you the right direction. If it's game you want to learn, go straight to this, go straight to C sharp. That's why you need someone to point in the right direction so you don't be like me and spend a whole year doing all sorts of 
programming languages in Java, Python, Fortran, Django, and everything. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, just get to someone's pointing directions and you'll be fine. So um, could you quickly highlight the okay, major uh, that really help? I'll just you. mention the current ones. First one I'm going to mention. It might be more front-end or more of web, also because that's my domain. So I'm going to mention free code camp. That's really helpful. I'm going to mention Udemy. I there are free courses on Udemy, and then the course on Udemy, the paid one are even cheap. They're like four k, three k, two k. You see ten dollars, eleven dollars courses on Udemy, and quite affordable to get started. And then it's not just in the front end, there's Android and a ton of others. There's also YouTube. <laughs> you see a ton of playlists talking about technologies and programming languages. And there's Coursera, there's EDX. All right. So at the beginning of this episode, you mentioned yes. that you work remote. Yes. So what is your typical day like if you're working? Okay, what's your typical um, day like? <clears throat> Work resumes nine. I wake up six, seven, depending. And I check my backlog. I check if I finished that from yesterday, if there's anything left over. If there's anything I need to like clean up before my stand up. So I just basically spend the first few hours trying to set up that and see if there's anything good. If everything's good, I spend the next few hours before nine to just read articles. I get this daily newsletters from Medium. So I just check in technical articles, Medium, I read. And I'm not very serious too, so most times I just look forward to it because I'm always hungry in the morning. And play, listen to music, and wait. Almost it's nine, it's my stand up. So after I guess I will work, I take a nap midday when I get stressed. Maybe 30 minutes, uh, 40 minutes nap. I go for lunch breaks too. Food is important. So most times, just a few times, uh, several calls in a day, just one or two calls. And that's just it. And five, I close shop. And I open Netflix. So I could Netflix for like, depending on my mood, I could just Netflix to 12 a.m. or to 11 p.m. Like hours non-stop or play game. So um, I'm hermits. I don't go out. Even though I don't come up as someone that doesn't go out. But yeah, so... I spend every day at home eating junks and working. What would you say is the major misconception about you working from home? If maybe your mom, auntie, or uncle sees you working at home, do they think you're always available to oh, run Oh, good lucky for me. Yeah, um, they let you when, do your once thing? I, like when I finished from UI, I got my own apartment. So I didn't have to deal with that. The only part that I had to do is like explaining to them that I actually work. For example, today my mom called me around 10. Yeah, so I had standard call in that time and I didn't answer her call. So I called her back during my lunch break, around one, two ish. And she was like, Were you, you were working that time? I was like, Yes, I was working. So I had to like make them understand I actually work, even though I don't go out to go to the office. And given the fact that my mom trusts me, she knows I wasn't involved in any bad things or so. <laughs> so she believed me when I explained to her, though she didn't fully get the scope of my work. I say she just knows I press computer all the time. And I told her to not worry that I'm not into any illegal thing and just that my company is in Nigeria. <laughs> all right. What advice would you give to someone? Uh, I would just say. Basically, set reminders and I like your task. May they know what you're working on. Working remotely needs to be really disciplined because you get carried away because in your comfort zone, you're in your house. And practically, what we do at home is like chill, rest. So you need to like have a separate environment for work. I have a separate environment for work. So I just moved from my former apartment. My former apartment, I had my workspace in my room. So in initially, I was really hard dealing with it because I wake up from the bed, I just sit on my chair and, my, and on my desk, I just start walking. It was so hard to deal with it because I kind of didn't want to get out of bed. Just sitting on my computer, my laptop on the, on the screen, on the table. 
Yeah, but I had to deal with that. So I would say it's best to just separate your work environment. So now I put my um, my workspace in the dining area of the flat I'm staying. So I have to work, like actually two efforts, leave my bed, work to the living room. And once I'm at the dining room, I'm at the workspace, I'm working until I just like take a break. So that kind of helps you focus and also try to not overwork. I know what's impress our boss and stuff, you want to get a raise, but try to be disciplined. Don't let the work sink in too much into the comfort of your house. Because initially, the first thing you're going to deal with is how to work when you're at home. But now don't let the work overpower the house. So all you do at home is just work. You have like too much free hands in You feel like you have free hands on yourself. You feel like you're not working there because you're at home. But in the real sense, you are working. <laughs> so even more than people in the office. Eh? Because we in the office, I spend a lot of time like chit-chatting and stuff. But then they are in the office. So when you're at home, you actually do work. Take scheduled breaks. Like, sit to remind that, okay, like 30 minutes, I want to take a walk. I want to go out. I have a dog. I play with my dog when I'm like stressed. I just want to chill out. And once it's 5, 5.30, I'm off work. I open Netflix straight up. I, I'm lazy. So most times I don't play game. I just want to relax. I want to chill. I just watch things. So I take that seriously. And I might never answer calls. Eh? So yeah, that's how I'm dealing with it. All right. So, um, what do you see yourself doing in the next five years, in the next 10 I years? I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't think too much into the future. I mean, that is a bad thing. But I, I don't picture 10 years from now, five years from now, three years from now. I am just concerned about now. And right now, I just want to better as my craft. And that's what I'm doing. So I just make sure today I'm better than yesterday. I am this kind of person that just goes where the road leads like just just try to keep my focus so i know my focus and just try to keep that focus and just keep at it so it kind of help me to like live free because when you're free you're open to opportunities you're open to ideas to strange and dope stuff because i feel like if i set a goal if i said say in five years i want to be a manager i could get a road to like be a CEO or something, but I'll, I'll be centered on being a manager. I'll be reading books on being a manager for all five years, like shutting down some opportunities that might be coming even greater than being a manager. So that just tend to keep myself free. And anything that comes that I like that's better than what I'm doing now, I pick it up. Is it worth my time? Is it dope? Is it shining? Is it nice? <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's me. Um, I'm a moment person. So, what's your take on that? Think it's bad? <laughs> I won't say it is bad. On some days, one thing I've learned is that there's power in whatever it is that you set yourself, set your mind to do. There's power in manifestation if you plan what you want to do. If you're really passionate about it, it will eventually come to you. So, it's not bad that you're a moment person. Sounds like it's one hundred percent good either. Just awesome. find a way to balance yeah. things out. Basically. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you too. Yeah. Let's let's leave all these technical talks here. Let's talk about life. What is your perspective on life? You mentioned last year you weren't really in a good place. Can you like oh, sure. so, talk um, about it? I, I don't know. My it? perspective on life now is like life is a part of this. It's always like come bite you, like, she always have downfalls and stuff. So, what I'm currently, right, what I'm, like, believe you should do is just, if you find things that make you happy right now, just do it. Because life is already shitty. Just try to, like, go for happiness. It might be little things. It might just be talking to someone you care about. It might be buying the pets you wanted to buy. Like, it might be living in that neighborhood or joining a dance club. Last year, I, I went through a breakup and it kind of like sent me back. It was my fault. I suffered a lot from it and I was in a bad place for quite a while. And when I was able to get out of it, I just wanted to be happy. I just wanted to enjoy life. So just do the little things that like makes you enjoy the life that you're living. Because eventually, we all die. So we are alive, jump life.
where you're alive, I beg, chop life. We will make life no chop you. So, uh, a quick one. If you were a type of food, yeah, what Eba type of food would vegetable. you be? You know, be guessing some Eba ready <laughs> Definitely. for you after this I'm vegetable soup, yes. For a Okay. Describe your relationship uh, like one word. Single and lonely. Your one. favorite artist. There are plenty. I, I like a lot of artists. Uh, I'm going to say I like passengers. Okay, so what's that question you'd have liked me to ask, um, but I didn't do ask? I have money. You have money. <laughs> no, please send me money. <laughs> I don't have money, so please. <laughs> Thank you so, so much for coming on to this episode. I really appreciate it. Thank you for all the nuggets, tips, advices you shared with every one of us. We really do appreciate yeah, thank it. Thank you very and much. Um, we are I'm happy to be here. Thanks for giving me the opportunity okay. to talk about my boring life. <laughs> it's quite interesting. Thanks. So, guys, we have come to the end of this podcast episode. Guys, let me know if you enjoyed this episode. Let me get your feedbacks. Let me get your reviews. Please, guys, don't forget to subscribe. Give a five-star rating. Leave a review. Share with friends and family. And if you have anything that is bothering you, reach out to me on Instagram, on Twitter. Send a mail. I will be sure to respond. Guys, our song for this episode is Biodo that is going to give us. So, Biodo... I didn't see that coming. This is a shocker. Why did you do this to me? <laughs> Just give us a song that's you. Bohemia Rhapsody. Please, who's the artist? Our song for this episode is Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. I hope you guys enjoy. And I love every single one of you. Okay? Bye.